Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, and welcome to Come for Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the show. My guest in the studio today is a man who has worked in restaurants nearly all his life. He is father to three restaurants, as well as two actual children, and is the author of five cookbooks. He has appeared on the BBC's Great British Menu and the ever-popular Saturday Kitchen. And when it comes to cooking fish, there really is no better expert. It's Nathan Outlaw. Hello. Hello. How are you? Thanks for coming. Thank you. (laughs) So where have you come from today? Um, I woke up this morning in Cornwall. Um, about sort of five thirty, left at six, and then got on the train, come up all the way to Paddington, and then headed over to my restaurant Siren in in uh, uh, let's say Belgravia, but it's near Victoria. So it's in between both. Really. <laughs> Depends who you're speaking to. Uh, yeah, and then I've just uh, done lunch service, and then come over to see you. Nice, and then you've got dinner service this evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got to go back and make sure they're doing everything right. <laughs> sure they are. It's a long journey that. How long is that journey then? Um, in total, it takes uh, anything between three and a half and four hours. There's a few problems with the lines this morning, so it was, but usually I can do it from sort of yeah four hours is is a good good run. Okay, um, but it's good. I mean, it's it's sort of uh, some time for myself. You know, it's the only time probably in the whole of my week that I get to just be on my own, which is quite nice sometimes. Yeah. And get things nice. done, yeah. Yeah, no, we were saying before we turned this on that you you were talking about how you have written many books on the on the train. It's yeah, good no, book writing. I think for all but the first one, it's pretty much been written on 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 the uh, train, um, over with a pen and paper or with an uh, iPad, and yeah, so it's been very productive. Yeah. yeah. Well done, God, I'm rubbish on trains. <laughs> I just tend to eat when I'm on a train. That's what I... I mean, eating for five hours, though. Yeah, well... It can't be done. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. <laughs> so I know that your father was a chef. Um, yeah. Do, th- do you think... it Was it him that kind of instilled that itch to be... to get into chef life? Yeah, well, my dad's still a chef now. He's, he actually works at Siren. Um, at the he? Glory. Yeah, he's still, he's still there now, so he's 64. Um, That's brilliant. What, yeah. So what's he doing? Well, he does a bit of... Um, he helps out with the prep. So yeah. Just sort of because he's an experience that's been he's been doing it since he was fourteen as well, um, and then um, he sort of helps out in the garden as well. So he's got a nice garden there, so he's he's a bit of he's got green fingers, and he gets in the garden. We Handy. do a lot of grow a lot of herbs there and for the for the restaurant. So yeah, I'll put him to good use. Okay, well done. So can you take us back a little bit and then talk about that initial journey into the kitchen? So you were fourteen. Your yeah. father was a chef. Well, I think you know because from ever you know my first earliest memories of. Um, 
of being alive has always mm-hmm. been around cooking. You know, so you know, I, I think I used to get taken into into work. And my mum used when she was she was a teach she was a teacher. Now she's my PA, but before being a teacher, she was sort of in the industry as mm-hmm. well, sort of working front house. So I've always just been around hospitality. Um, so it's a it's a real sort of familiar world to me. Um, and I think what got me really interested in cooking was being part of a team. I mm-hmm. always loved the sort of the camaraderie of like a team in a kitchen and even at a young age, like eight years old. So, for example, I'll be there like buttering toast um, on a Saturday morning helping out with the breakfast shift. It was just the, the noise and the smells and the environment and everything that's going on. You know, it just it was, it was exciting, but it was intriguing and I always learned stuff. I always I'm, I'm not a great person for learning, like reading, say, reading a book or or um, sort of that sort of typical school studious yeah stuff yeah i mean i was always i'm always good if you show me something once i can do it again and again that is sort of i suppose with cooking and being in a restaurant um you, you, that's the sort of thing you do you know so yeah from a young age i was quite competent doing sort of what people might think as easy jobs but you know picking parsley all that sort of stuff but i yeah. used to love it and i time myself i'm a bit weird i go oh, i can do it faster next time really? i do <laughs> so then that's, like peeling uh, garlic yeah, yeah yeah the most sort of like what some people think of boring jobs i just make yeah. them fun yeah and i think that even to today i sort of will make the most boring yeah if something is a bit laborious and a bit boring i'll make it into a bit of fun even with the chefs i got now and sort of like you know challenge yourself and it's good fun so we, do, you, do you have a way to make podding broad beans fun? I always find that a serious labour of love. <laughs> usually trying not to not to get them all on the floor. That's usually, <laughs> uh, they go everywhere. No, I, I sort of, yeah, I mean, usually if it's something like that and there's a lot of things to do, I'll make it a bit of a game even with all the guys now and we just all do it. Who can do it the fastest is usually the easiest thing to do. But, um, yeah, try not to eat too many. As well. Yeah, I yeah. know, I know. That's all. <laughs> I sometimes eat the skins as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you well, know, zero waste. When they're it's at great. their best, it's yeah, fine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you trained you trained at college in Broadstairs, didn't you? As well by the sea, lots yeah. of by the sea. Mm. Um, when when because you are you are the fishy expert, you know that you know your fish. When did it become apparent that that was going to be something that was kind of a focal point for you? I've always been intrigued by the sea. Yeah, by like the, not necessarily the fish, but just by the ocean. I think it's something mm-hmm. about the ocean. Yeah, whether it's ru- yeah, it could be the calmest day and it's like a meal pour. It could be the roughest day and yeah, sort of all the waves are crashing and it's quite dramatic. And I just think, and also like fishermen in general have always. You know, I remember some of my earliest memories of going to places like Hastings yeah. when I was a kid because we lived, we grew up in just outside Mason, a place called Snobden. It's a little village, or well, was a village, now it's a town. Um, and we a cheap. I suppose for my parents, a cheap day out would be a quick shoot down to one, like somewhere like Hastings yeah. wasn't too far. And I always remember like all the boats coming in and the fishermen with all the, putting all their fish onto the slabs. And it was just, I suppose subconsciously, I sort of took it all in and it was, was, it wasn't like sort of always in there and touching everything. I sort of wouldn't touch anything. So I was, yeah, it's obviously a good child. No, <laughs> no, I was, uh, um, but I just, um, the whole, that sort of like being by the sea has just always been calming for me. So I mean, we spent, Later on in my career, I spent a few years in Middle Earth, what I call Middle Earth, like the Cotswolds area, and I hated it because of that reason, is just not being near the sea. And even to this day, I probably even come into London for a couple of days, like I do to yeah. the siren. I sort of like get start to shake a little bit. You know, Need I've got the to get sea. back, yeah. 
It does have a real kind of healing quality um, about it. But that, I also think fishermen, because you also do quite a lot of charity work with kind of fishermen's. Yeah, we do. We do a lot with um, keeping fish- the fishermen yeah. going. Basically, well, our main charities that we support with through the restaurants and through 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 what we do is um, Fisherman's Mission, um, the RNLI, mm-hmm. um, Surface Against Sewage. But that's more to do less surfing. Obviously, my physique doesn't lead to surfing. No, but I feel like more- you could be a surfer. <laughs> so I actually went to Cornwall. I went to Cornwall at nineteen to be a surfer. To surf. But yeah. That's brilliant. Um, and then, um, so that's more like the plastic and the waste and stuff. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so that's that's three really the charities that we support. And, um, and for, yeah, it's all got a link to the sea, which is important when my livelihood is a seafood chef and most of my... Do you fish? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I sort of fish recreationally. Rec- recreationally, uh, I suppose that's the word. Um, and just for fun, really. I mean, I don't do it too seriously. I'm not into lake fishing and river fishing. I like sea fishing. Waiting around. Yeah, I mean, mackerel yeah. fishing is fun. Mackerel I've is been fun. mackerel fishing. Yeah, people sort of say, they see these mackerel chips and I think it's a bit boring. It's not. It's, it's a real fun thing to do, mackerel fishing. You yeah. catch a whole sort of uh, yeah, line full of mackerel, you'll, you'll know about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about entertaining. Right. Do you, because I know that you like cooking, do you like entertaining? Do you like having lots of people over? And Yeah, I mean, I don't... We sort of... I suppose we were at a stage... My wife and I, Rachel, we were at a stage of our lives where our kids are sort of teenagers. Mm-hmm. So they get into the point where I think we're coming into a sort of time when we're going to do a lot of entertaining. Um, oh, what, like birthday, their birthdays yeah, and stuff I mean, like that? Yeah, I mean, and they're getting a bit older, so they want to do more adult things. And mm-hmm. then we they don't want to know us really so they're going to go off and do their thing and we're going to have time a lot of spare time so you know i think in the future i'm going to do a lot more entertaining the, the entertaining we probably have done over the last say five or six years is more family stuff so yeah. a lot more sort of yeah buffets and lots of barbecues and things like yeah. that N- not so much dinner parties because i, I think you yeah, know we're not that that discerning i mean i do that sort of thing every day yeah week, in the restaurant that's all so i usually end up doing a lot more say entertaining is just a bit more of a gathering yeah, you know, them sort of things. So mainly family, sometimes staff as well. Sometimes yeah, nice. we do like staff things together, which is nice. And that's a so it's a form of entertaining, controlling the the masses. Yeah. But um, trying, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do I do love cooking for other people. And yeah. what kind of thing? What kind of thing do you cook? I'd probably say if I if doesn't matter what the weather is, I'll try and do a barbecue. So I think okay. barbecue for me, I think especially with cooking for a lot of people, is a good way of doing it, and it's sort of. It's it's the complete opposite of what I do day in day yeah. out. It's sort of like you can cook for a lot of people with a big, you know, big hunk chunk of meat or or a couple of big whole fish and yeah. a few salads, and then and it doesn't. It's not too. You can enjoy it yourself. Yeah, you know, I'm always aware. It's quite sociable when, as well. You yeah. can stand around, chat. Exactly, and I'm always aware of like when you see. I've been to dinner parties. I've been to things in the past where the the host so stressed. Oh, it's because, awful. Yeah, yeah. And Rule been, number one: yeah. don't be stressed out. <laughs> exactly, and then, and it's not fun for anyone. Yeah, so I've always, I've always. I always find that when you're entertaining, you can can't do enough preparation before. Yeah. Or you do the opposite and completely involve everybody in that preparation. Mm-hmm. So you start with nothing and say, "Look, guys, you get everybody on the so beans. Everyone does it, yeah. So we either do one thing or the other. But you, yeah, you need to be a bit organised, I think. So you will cook fish sometimes when you're entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Now I, do, I bet I, people want it. Definitely, you know, they expect yeah. It. <laughs> they sort of expect it. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, we've cooked a few Christmas dinners that have been fish, which have been mm-hmm. good fun. Really? Fish. Oh, that's so. Yeah. so 
so it kind of instead of turkey a turkey or, or a goose yeah, or something. We've done I'd like that. Whole turbots, whole monkfish, we've done Yum, whole bass whole before. Turbot, that's so delicious. Yeah, it is nice, and, it's a, and you can add Christmassy flavours to it. To be honest with you, I mean turkey after time doesn't taste. It's taste not great anyway. anyway. So uh, yeah, no, that's that goes down well. My kids are big lovers of fish. You know, Thank they've got goodness. No choice. But, um, <laughs> so it's it always. Um, yeah, doing doing seafood's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, we got this lovely, really, we got a really cool pizza oven back in the summer, which was good fun. And I think my daughter. Had, I've got a really good pizza oven. See, like going them rock box ones. Uh, it's it's called. It's one. actually called Uni, but it's it's, it's similar. Yeah, it's quite big actually. You oh, can put no, a whole, you could put a whole whole fish in it. I went for the oh, big cool. one and live in this tiny flat, <laughs> and it's this huge monster of a thing that sits on this bed on the spare bed. But. There, but that's really that's fun, really though. they are really fun yeah they're that's good for if you got like you got a load of people around because you can just make, as long as you made the dough you can just, yeah and just keep going and everybody yeah. feels like they're getting involved um, my daughter had like 14 or 15 of her friends around so i was cooking to order i had loads of fillings and i just sort of made some doughs and it was yeah. a harry potter theme party so oh my gosh sounds yeah, like so my dream so i broke the doughs into into the houses oh my so, god yeah, brilliant yellow and your red and your blue and your green so did you have different bases yeah I like a different... kind of butternut squash base or something yeah or just the, the actual I, I coloured the doughs oh so, my god so the that's are different, so clever yeah. and then they let them choose whatever yeah they wanted on top and then made them all that was and that was good fun that is so fun. cool Harry so Potter so Slytherin yeah. pizzas I'm a Hufflepuff by the way so. you're a Hufflepuff yeah. okay I'm a Ravenclaw <laughs> oh okay it's, it's alright right. I feel right. like we it's get right. on it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get on okay so what about tips for kind of cooking fish because I I I rarely cook fish for kind of when I'm entertaining mm. unless I do like a big side of salmon or like everybody will pull out a poached salmon I, it's mm. just kind of in joke with my family that my mum will always bring out a poached salmon <laughs> but do you have any kind of tips if people do want to cook fish or even just not for entertaining but people are often afraid of cooking fish yeah. at home I think the most I mean if you're cooking for a, a lot of people say you're doing 10 you yeah. know, I think you're always better off with fish doing something like a really nice sort of um Sort of seafood curry or something, yeah, or like, like that, a stew, that or something. sort of thing, or a stew is really good. If you, if it's just like for a couple or you know, you know, a dinner party for say two couples or something like that. Um, I think you always got to think about the preparation because mm-hmm. the one tip, you know, fish once it's cooking, it's cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just no, it's no, no coming back. Yeah. So I always say like get everything you've you're planning to serve with the fish ready. So if your you know your potatoes are already roasted for example, your mash or whatever you do, hot, your sauce is ready, your herbs are in there if you're putting herbs at the last minute and have all that ready and hot, then start cooking your fish. Yeah. Because... Once you you stick that fish under the grill in the oven, you're you're in. You're, yeah, so there's no resting there's time. No, for fish. Not really. Not- I mean, if you've got a big thick piece of like monkfish or something like that, you can you can allow yourself five to ten minutes yeah. of resting. And that's probably a good thing for monkfish anyway. But if it's like a you know a thin piece of uh, bream or or lemon, so that sort of thinner fish, yeah, um, you need to have everything ready, plates warm, everyone sat at the table, Prep. all the wine poured, it all needs to be ready before you put the fish in. So I mean that's probably and then I think probably don't I think when cooking fish, just sort of remember that whatever you, whether you're grilling it on a tray or you're or you're cooking it in a pan, there's so much residual heat when you've turned. Yeah. either the grill off or the or your hob off mm-hmm. yeah just remember that 
even when it's still a little bit raw, that residual heat will probably cook it through. Yeah. So there's another thing. So when people overcook their fish, it's usually because they've left it on the grill and People are always afraid of, of, of undercooking fish as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, but you shouldn't be. Because you really you shouldn't, can eat yeah. Or raw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. If I mean, it's, it's good fish, It's though. not like it's a chicken breast or a bit yeah. of pork. Or like a sausage. Yeah, sausage, yeah. And you so, don't want to do that. But yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's another good thing for parties. I mean, doing cooking, you know, seafood is don't cook it. <laughs> That's another thing. He's like, don't, don't cook it. Right. Well, you could do a fish pie. Yeah, fish well, you, pie. People you love fish, a fish pie. Cured fish is good. Yeah, yeah or big hot, like smoked salmon, that kind of yeah, thing. Hot, you, hot roast salmon, I mean. Definitely, yeah. I mean, that sort of thing. I mean, it's good. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with a fish pie, though. You're right. Mm. Yeah. Fish you really can't. A good fish pie is just so do, great. Yeah, 30, 40 people yeah. fish pie. Roll yeah. it out. <laughs> and what about a time when kind of things haven't gone well, either when you're entertaining or in the restaurant? Because I think people always think that everything goes smoothly for kind of top chefs who know what they're doing. But I'm sure it hasn't always been the case. It never does. <laughs> Any day. You know, at home, my biggest downfall usually is forgetting something. Okay. Because so, I'm so used to everything, everything, everything to hand. So if I go to a, you know, I need some milk, it's there. Yeah, yeah. At work. But at home, you always forget something. And that's the thing. You know, I've always... Uh, the other day I was started making some mayonnaise and I realised I've got no eggs. Yeah, that sort of yeah, thing goes okay, wrong. Yeah, okay, that's a problem. Uh, work-wise, I mean, the worst thing you, I think I've probably done is miscalculated. I did a, a function for like 120 people and miscalculated by 20. So there was quite a rush when I was trying to make this pea soup, which so we were doing. quickly do, quickly do yeah, it again. Yeah, it was all being served. So like 80 of the plates are already out into the dining room. And then I'm realising, I can't remember, it was one of the chefs, I said, where's the next soup? bring it up and there's none left Jeff oh my god so yeah those sort of things it's usually it's it's organisation yeah in the actual workplace, it's always down to someone not counting something. Chefs are not great at counting yeah okay (laughs) well I was going to ask you that about recipe writing because Mm. do you do you kind of work kind of restaurant recipes into your cookbooks or are you going completely from scratch because it's the quantities are so different yeah, yeah. I, I would say that my my actual food style is quite simple. So I, in terms of turning my restaurant dishes into home dishes, mm-hmm. it's quite straightforward. There's nothing that's too arduous and out there and weird ingredients because that's not what I yeah. like anyway. Um, I haven't got the patience to be standing there cutting things into little yeah, pretty yeah. pitches anyway. So, um, but in terms of um, the actual sort of measurements and stuff, yeah, when you're downscaling, because most things I make is like 10 times 10 times, yeah, yeah whatever. So you, you do find, so that's why I've always done all the cookery books myself. So I've done all the development, all the all the pictures you see in any of the books and photographs are all done by me mm. and I've cooked everything. So in that way, I've, I sort of write the recipes in my head mm-hmm. so I can cook just using my what's in there well <laughs> in my brain um and then I, I, I jot all the recipes down and then when it actually comes to doing the, the um the photo shoots i have all my recipes out and as i'm doing them i sort of adjust them exactly as they should be mm-hmm. so so and that seems to work for me and i think everyone's i've well, I found out from like the publishers that we've i've had in the, they said you do it completely different. No, I've never seen anyone do it that way. As most people have, like you could have a photo, um, a person yeah, to do that for you. Yeah. But I just like to be able to, and I suppose it's like knowing that if there's a recipe out there and someone is going to make my fish pie for that it ten works. people, that yeah. it works. So, so um, and touch wood, so far, um, 
I've not had any any so yeah. I've not had any angry people like sort of ringing me up and saying your real recipe doesn't work. So hopefully it works. But you'd be amazed at how many recipes don't work. My mother has this theory mm. that just most recipes don't work. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to, I mean, I did one one I did one book, this my home kitchen book, which was not the last one, but the one before. I really used the most crappiest cooking equipment I could possibly use. I actually it's basically is one up from a baby bell-in oven yeah. with two rings. Um, I used all really like basic pans and stuff like that just to make sure that yeah, not only the, anybody the, could do it. Not only the yeah, sort of the temperatures and the times were right, but you, I'm using the most basic stuff. Mm-hmm. So most people that do cook at home have now got really good. Yeah, you know, there's nice pans yeah. out there and people like, fan ovens. Yeah, yeah and stuff it's quite like lovely that. stuff. So, um, so I cooked it with the most basic equipment I possibly could, which also made in turn because the whole point of, of writing Home Kitchen was really I set out an idea is of that, saying that's the most recent one, isn't no, it? The no, the most recent one is Restaurant Nathan, oh, yeah. which is yeah. the, the, the restauranty one. Yeah. But the one before that was Home Kitchen. I just tried to make it as I wanted my kids to have one book to mm-hmm. take to that take to wherever they go on to. It had enough recipes in it that they could survive on that book. That mm-hmm. was the whole the whole game. The whole aim of that book was to say, "There you go. You don't need any other one. That's the one you need, and it'll work." Um, so that's why we set it up and made it cook it in such a yeah as if it was like a studio student's flat yeah 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 no that's that's great my brother's often making kind of recipes from cookbooks and it's i find it really endearing he's at university and he'll he'll make it Mm. exactly it is and then send a photo that's sort of plated or kind of photographed exactly how the photo is in the book i should get him your book i should definitely get you i got him a pasta machine and he loves it pasta you know that's good that's a good pasta's a good good get him into it i know that you have a kind of Penchant for cookbooks, don't mm. you? How many how many cookbooks would you say you have? Currently, I mean, it's, it's, we've got to be coming up to a thousand, I think. Wow! Yeah, so it's, it's 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 one of those things. It's sort of um, one of the, yeah. My wife she just thinks I'm mental every day. There's a delivery, but I, and it's a, are it's, you ordering them or are you getting sent them? Because I'm sure you get, get sent lots of books. I do as get well. some sent, which is really nice, and it's sort of it's lovely. I mean, the world we're living in now, it's sort of yeah, the, the Instagram and stuff like yeah. that, and social media. It's yeah. I've yeah, my publisher sends them to my chef friends or yeah. Yeah, people that I know and stuff like that, so they can maybe put a little post up and mm-hmm. say, "Well, look, got a new book out," and it's the same likewise. But I think because I think people do know that I'm sort of collect them and I do actually value them, and I've got you know, it's one of them my hobbies. Um, I sort of get sent some, but majority of what I buy. Um, is sort of trying to find old older old ones, ones yeah. yeah, and like old Elizabeth David books. Oh, yeah, Elizabeth David. Got, yeah. I was gonna. Ask, so, who are your favourite kind of food writers? Maybe a oh, couple of contemporary say, and yeah, I mean, not contemporary. Elizabeth David's so stuff great. is amazing. Even though, it's, yeah, and it takes me because I'm not the best reader. It yeah. sounds weird, but even though I just haven't got the attention span, take I can only sort of read like one or two recipes at a time to take it in. Mm-hmm. So that's Elizabeth Davis. It takes me a long time to read all the books. There's a lot yeah. of books. Um, I think she's so- very concise though, mm, and yeah, it's very. almost like the recipes are just kind of like paragraphs. You just sort of mm. there's no really story. Nothing. No, it's pretty. It's good. That's a good thing. Um, I'd say Simon Hopkinson's my favourite. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of from a come from a chef background, I love Nigel Slater's stuff as well. I think yeah. he's brilliant. He's a great writer as well. Yeah. To, if you like yeah. his writings, actually. yeah. I, I'm, I always benefits for me to know someone's voice. And then when read you're reading, interesting. And I don't know why. It's like when I first read um, Anthony Bourdain's sort of Kitchen Confidential yeah. when it first came out, because I could hear his voice. Yeah. 
I read it much better. Okay, if that that's makes sense so if interesting. Yeah, Do you, so. you should try audiobooks oh, as well. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, but they're great <laughs> for the train. Yeah, they should. I should do actually. It's good. I mean, oh, that's. Then I think that's definitely a big thing for mm-hmm. me. Um, Rick Stein, obviously, you know, yeah. as his, his best book is, it says Richard Stein on the front. It's English Seafood Cookery, which is a little penguin book, which he did before he was on television. I think's gosh, a great, I great don't book. have that book. I must get it's that book. It's very good. Yeah, English Seafood Cookery. It's called English Seafood yeah. Cookery. Okay, is that um, all the basics? Sort it, of. It's it's like I think that by the looks of it, I mean, I haven't. This is not fact, but I, by the looks of it, when Rick before he was on TV, Padstow was very quiet in the winter and I yeah. think he sent one one year him and his sous chef, um, a guy called Paul Sellers did it and they must have um, written and yeah, sort of did this book that came out and I think he won, back then it was like the one, the Glenn Fiddick Writers Award which is a oh, massive yeah. thing then I don't know if it's still going now but um, and this was before he was television so mm-hmm. that's why he doesn't say Rick Stein it says Richard Stein okay. on the front which is quite funny that's so. great um, but that's yeah if you've got that book and there's even some things in there that people wouldn't I always take the mickey out of Rick for this where he's got anchovy ice cream in it which is like oh, way God. before like this is in the, eight, yeah. the late 80s the book came out so you know everyone goes about Heston and his wacky ways when yeah. Rick was doing it in the 80s so. yeah that's so funny <laughs> Probably the first time I went to the Seahorse in Dartmouth, which is mm-hmm. Mitch Tonks, um, his restaurant, Matt, Matt Prowse. They got that that really lovely seafood restaurant. That's probably because I love the location of it. Um, Dartmouth obviously got that historical sort of restaurant world with the, with the Angel, where you know Carved Angel was mm-hmm. the next door to the, the Seahorse, which was Joyce Molyneux. And so I thought, yeah, that's sort of quite a romantic sort of uh, memory for me because it's not romantic in a romantic way but in no, my know. way nostalgic my weird, yeah. way, a nostalgic way yeah so that was um, and I just thought that the simplicity and the understanding of the Mediterranean flavours and yeah, great fish from Brixham and the surrounding area from Dartmouth was, was good um, I would say when I was at the seafood restaurant yeah Rick Stein's been mm-hmm. past the first time when I actually worked there it was just a, you know, a memory that stuck in my head um, I probably I was lucky enough when I was 30 and my wife took me to went to the French Laundry um, in California which is sort of always one of those when I was 
I suppose when I was in my twenties, cooking as a chef, that was very inspirational. Work, yeah. Sort of restaurant. So to go and see that for the in, you know in the flesh was, which was really amazing. I never expected to get there either. Um, I took my children before Pierre Kaufman shut Kaufman's up at um, in Knightsbridge. I made sure I took them for a pig's trotter and a pistachio souffle, <laughs> so good with, with Pierre. So that's two iconic dishes that yeah. I thought that lucky they, kids. They, at the moment, they, they, then they probably just went, whatever, Dad. But now, <laughs> when they hopefully later on in life they they'll remember they it. Those dishes, yeah. Um, and I think more recently, um, I would say my bet. My, I think the guy who's cooking the most imaginative and best food at the moment is um, Lee Tin and at Black Axe Mangal mm-hmm. which is in a hybrid and I think it's just way out there and so different and I just you know the imagination we're coming from that St John St John background which again St John is another one of my favourite yeah, restaurants John's as well amazing. coming from that stable um, Lee's managed to create this sort of cuisine that's sort of so individual and so original um, and I don't think he gets recognition for it. I think it's, uh, and I think he, that's. It's got a good, good reputation, though, doesn't it? It's got a great reputation. I mean, the studio we're in here is probably the size of the restaurant as well. Yeah. It's not. It's not that big. Um, and I think probably at some point you probably need to get to a bigger location. But maybe the beauty of what it is is because of the location it's in. So, but yeah, it's yeah, so many great. I'm feeling lucky enough to eat some good meals in my time. Okay. <laughs> So top, if you top restaurants for kind of Cornwall and London at the Ooh, moment, um, Cornwall definitely. You have to if you've never been there, you got to go to the seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. Got to go and see Rick's, yeah, you because know, purely off the back of it being nearly forty-five years old. I mean, there's not many. Wow, restaurants is it that in, long? Yeah, there's not many restaurants in this country that have been going for forty-five. years. But the years, whole place so. has changed since that restaurant as yeah, well. Yeah, if you yeah. look, it's made it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 doing Rick's done incredible things for not only for British seafood but for Padstow and Cornwall and Brittany on the map. So, and I certainly wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for mm. him. So, yeah, working for him for two years. So I'd say you got to go there if you're in Cornwall. Uh, a more a newer restaurant, uh, Coombshead Farm, mm-hmm. uh, which is Tom Adams and Naple Bloomfield's farm and restaurant and that I think that's fabulous and uh, you know obviously Tom used to do Pick You the old Pick You and then opened the newer one um, which I think is closed now anyway but he, yeah so he's completely relocated down to Coombshead Farm so them two I think are really something special um, in London I'd, I'd say you can't if you're travelling to London for the first time and you're not really you've got to go to St John mm-hmm. you have to go to St John you know it's sort of typical you know it's, it's British, British iconic yeah now. British food and Again, been around for 25 years. Brilliant. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think Black X Man Girl, if you want to say completely different, I think in London's great. Um, Seafood-wise in London, obviously Siren. I'm going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) But I think you can't go wrong with um, seeing one of the sort of like um, Bentleys. I think Mm -hmm. it's brilliant for a seafood experience. And um, even Scots and Sheikis, them sort of places yeah. are great places to hang out. And, Sheikis yeah. is still quite fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's got think, this little fun thing about it. Yeah, and I think that's what people are looking for. Well, I know I when I go out for a meal, I'm looking for more than just food. I'm looking for to have fun as well. I love the fun. I know that you got to know that your money's going to be spent well yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I don't mind paying anything as long as I have a good time. And it, the hospitality is great. 
that's mm-hmm. one thing I think people need to pull their socks up is, is anything it's like you know you've got to be aware of it. it's not just about the food yeah it's way more than that yeah and from coming from a chef that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's definitely and more and more so looking for an experience yeah the whole thing mm. I read this um, shocking statistic the other day that as Britons we export 80% of our crab which is just mental and I know that you're a big fan of you know buying local and cooking yeah. local and I'm a big kind of advocate for that mm. and I wanted to hear from you. Why is it so important to kind of buy and cook locally when we can? I think it just supports the, your community where you are. I mean, a lot of these sort of communities outside of cities are under pressure generally, you know, from in different, lots of different uh, sort of industries, not just from hospitality. But in hospitality, if you don't, and sort of like in food production, you, if you don't support that sort of thing, you, you it's, it's going to go, you know, simple as that. I mean, in terms of the export, um, that's purely um, from the the nation historically not being big seafood fans. And I think the... It's prob- so weird, that. I think it's, it's changing weird. a bit, though. Oh, yeah, and I think it, the awareness, I think, with what Rick's done and, you know, with the... With you know, sort of always talking about how good the quality of seafood yeah. is from the UK. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to travel to a few places in, in the world and I... You know, in places where people say their seafood's great, but British seafood's amazing. It's, yeah. Um, because of the quality, because of the water temperature, because of the way it's caught, the the variety. You know, we've got sort of a good thirty different species that you can eat. So that are, that are worthy of a going mm-hmm. in going in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So then there's others as well. But um, I think. Yeah, you know, just getting back to the local thing. I mean, there's some amazing local producers and sort of um, sort of growers and you know, fishermen and sort of you know, farmers that are doing some stuff that is they're actually being highlighted now. And I think they've been doing it for a long time. I think a lot of these families that you you know find with doing stuff, whether they've been making cheese or growing veg or you know, also looking after salmon, these, yeah, yeah, all these sort of things. They've been there for a while, but it's just the food, the massive sort of. Um, food and drink sort of explosion I suppose mm-hmm. there has been over the last sort of all the time I've been cooking for the, for the last sort of 25 years um, is really highlighted them and, and what you what you get as well what's what's nice about it, if you're going to a local restaurant in an area that's sort of not in a city you get that sort of sense of where it's from mm-hmm. um, and that's a big thing about what we do in Cornwall is that I make sure I get the best ingredients from the area and the, obviously the seafood and it sort of shows, it adds to the experience if you're traveling. So yeah. you're not only seeing the place or, you know, experiencing where you are and the local attractions, you're also getting a taste of what it's like and even a drink of something. Yeah, we've got yeah. Camel Valley Vineyard. We've got all these lovely sort of places that are doing different um, sort of gins and different, yeah, there's loads, there's so much stuff now, you know, that you can, you can get when you come to Cornwall, but also to other parts of the UK. Yeah. It's exciting. Suffolk as well is a big kind of yeah. food food centre. So we're coming to the end and I always like to ask my guests kind of what three ingredients would you always advise people to have in the kitchen? Oh dear. Um, for three things you've always got to have. I think you need definitely, I think that vinegars are Oh, really interesting. Important. Never had that before. No. Okay, vinegar. And it's specific vinegar? A little, no, just a selection. Different. Okay, so a selection of vinegars. Okay. Yeah, because vinegars are one of the things. I mean, chefs go on about salt and pepper. 
Yeah. Yeah, make sure the season you see it again on TV or you read it in recipes about how important it is. But I think a little splash of acidity in mm-hmm. a lot of things, in all things, I even put a little bit of vinegar in some desserts, um, just livens the whole thing up. And when I say vinegar, I, I probably mean acid in general because yeah. I think like yeah, Lemon, citrus and stuff well, like yeah. that is good. So I think, yeah, you definitely got to have something in there and it could be as simple as you're making a Sunday roast and you've got a chicken gravy and you just put a dash of vinegar in it mm-hmm. and it just brings the whole thing to life. So I think... I always use a lot of vinegar. That's one thing. Um, good butter. I good think butter. Need to okay. have, and it should always be out of the fridge. Salted butter, unsalted, yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you're cooking a lot, you probably want unsalted mm-hmm. because you know that's salt. Because you control it, yeah. But if it's just a lovely piece of crusty bread and you want you good butter, salty butter, yeah, yeah. Um, and then another ingredient. Something a bit weird because it's just me, but probably Marmite. I've always got Marmite. Yeah, Marmite's a good one. <laughs> Marmite, I mean, it's like you love it or hate it, but I, I sort of... Um, love I'm it, clearly. Yeah, I'm a bit addicted to Marmite. So, And you can actually, I'll put a little bit of that in my gravy as well. At home. Yeah. yeah. Little touch, it's a little, little secret sort of, in, yeah, sort of ingredient going in there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so Marmite, yeah, vinegar, vinegar yeah. butter, and Marmite. Yeah. Yum. Great. Also, great combination. Yeah, as well. it'd be all right. I'm all in a bit of a toast. <laughs> I'm going to throw, I'm throwing an extra one in for you because I know that you're a bit of a music lover. Hmm. So I wanted to, so these are top three tracks, maybe not for entertaining because, okay. you know, it's a bit of a different vibe, but yeah. for prepping. So when you're in the kitchen, like okay, top yeah. three, because then you can, we can pump up the, okay, cool. in the atmosphere. Well, I'm going to go a bit weird. He's got a fire starter by the product. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we can't be sitting down having dinner for, the, for these. No, no, no. You, you, you wouldn't want that. But I think that's sort of, um, I definitely, I think I'm going to my funeral, I think. Really? Start, it'd be okay. good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you probably would be burnt, so it'd be a good thing. So, and then, um, what else would he, I really like um, Placebo. Mm-hmm. So I like Nancy Boy Placebo. That's probably, because mm-hmm. that, that remember, reminds me of, that album came out, and that was their first album, when I started working in London in 1994, five mm-hmm. it was, I think. And, um, I remember that song. That so yeah, Nancy Boy plus placebo would be one. And then oh, let me have and then probably Joy Division. Love will great. tear us apart. Yeah. Because I think that is a great, great song. Mm-hmm. And I probably it doesn't matter how many times I listen to that song, I never get bored of it. Yeah. God, I haven't so, listened to Joy Division in ages. There you go. Nice That's reminder. So Joy Division, placebo and prodigy. Okay. So Great, right, it? good. It's a good trio. <laughs> Finishing with our last trio, then your top three ultimate dinner party guests, um, alive or dead. Ooh. Ultimate. Yeah. Probably say. Mm, I would say Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun to have him there. And if you got Dave Grohl, you got you got to have, you've got to have uh, Jack Black as well because I think they're quite both together. <laughs> yeah. um, and then probably. Oh, we have someone quite interesting that could talk a lot. They'll talk a lot. Yeah, they would talk a lot. I don't think the other person they get much of a word in edgeways. Uh, I think we need to. Um, how do you reckon? It's hard. That it's a hard question. There's a lot of people. Mind changes there. all the time. To be honest. Yeah. Um, probably someone that's just a, probably not as interesting as they seem, but someone like Kurt Cobain. Okay. Because as a, as a very sort of Nirvana sort yeah, of... Yeah, and nobody knows much he? about him either no, still. No, no. There's lots of questions to be asked. Yeah, okay. Actually, no, I'll we'll kick, kick Kurt Cobain out. I'll go with the Queen. Okay. I think okay. she's quite interesting. Okay, yeah, the Queen. Yeah, that yeah. would be great. Yeah. Yeah, she, I think she weird, is quite it? interesting. Yeah, but I mean, she's got some stories, but she's got to be... Uh, no, yeah, she can't hold back. She's got to tell us, yeah. tell us the truth. I bet it. <laughs> oh, that was, so what's in store for you for the rest of the... Well... The new year, I guess. Uh, well, this year we've got um, obviously we just opened Siren, so that's 
you know quite new he's only just come up to six months so busy working working on that and making sure that's right um next year um i'm spending most of my time in my garden very nice and that's purely because i'm starting to grow all the stuff for the restaurants in cornwall um which with the fish being unique and it's obviously not unique as if no one's seen it before but it's because it's so good where, mm-hmm. where we get it i'm trying to add the sort of sort of the support actors to mm-hmm. everything so nice. growing it ourselves or growing it with the growers that are very close to us um and then sort of probably looking at getting down an idea for well two or three ideas for new Another books book. as well yeah exciting yeah, exciting times ahead yeah non-stop yeah i can imagine <laughs> and now you're going back to service as well amazing yeah. amazing yeah. man um well thank you so much for that that was brilliant oh, thank you for coming on you. yeah thanks, thanks a lot. i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you liked it rate it review it talk about it share it and invite your friends around for supper This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.